Hello everyone and welcome back to our spooky suite of six pack of facts. It's week number two and for this episode we're turning our eyes to the sky to be driven a little loony by our lunar friend and then succumbing to the bestial instincts within. It's time for lunacy and werewolves. Alright, let's start off strictly in the scientific realm and look at moon phases. One misconception to throw right out the window is that our moon has a dark side. The moon is tidally locked to Earth, meaning that the same face is always pointed toward Earth, but all surfaces of the moon receive sunlight. We just don't directly see it. The amount of moon we do see is determined by the position of the moon's orbit. Here's the full rundown. The cycle starts as a new moon. This phase is basically invisible, because the illuminated face of the moon is pointing away from Earth. Next, a waxing crescent. This is a tiny sliver of illuminated moon, with only a small bit of the sunlit half of the moon facing Earth. Then, the first quarter moon. More than a quarter through the full cycle, the moon appears to be halfway illuminated, but it's just a slice of the entire moon receiving sunlight. A first quarter moon rises around noon, sets around midnight, and sits high in the sky. Now, a waxing gibbous. We're almost there. Most of the moon's day side is illuminated. As a fun little fact, the word gibbous has its roots in the Latin noun gibus, meaning hump, and the late Latin adjective gibusus, meaning humpbacked. I'm sure I pronounced both of those correctly. Then, it's the main attraction. A full moon. The moon is opposite from the sun, from the Earth's perspective, and almost all the day side is illuminated. From there, it all goes in reverse. A full moon goes to waning gibbous, to a last quarter, to a waning crescent, and a new moon once again. For centuries, some have believed the moon to have unusual effects on humans. In fact, the word lunatic comes from the Roman moon goddess Luna. The beliefs in this phenomenon range from really to uh-huh, but they're fun to dive into nonetheless. Aristotle and Pliny the Elder posited the brain was the moistest organ in the body, you heard that right, and that the fluids were easily influenced by the tidal forces of the moon. Now this is obviously a load of garbage, but here's why it's a load of garbage. First, the moon's gravitational effects are too weak to have a meaningful impact on the brain. A mosquito sitting on your arm has more gravitational influence over you than the moon does. Second, the moon's tidal forces only influence open bodies of liquid, not liquid that's contained in vessels, skulls included. Third, the gravitational forces of the moon exert just as much influence during a new moon as they do during a full moon. So, no, the moon doesn't distort our moist brains and make us go cuckoo. Moist brains aside, a lot of people in our modern times still seem to think that a full moon has some sort of extra-worldly influence over our behavior. Dig a little into it, and you're sure to find some studies that claim a connection between human behavior and the moon. But a trio of researchers combed through 100 of those studies in 1991 and found that none of them showed any kind of substantiated link. 
For instance, one study claimed to show the full moon's connection to an increase in car accidents, but conveniently failed to mention that all full moons collected for the study happened on a weekend, a time when car accidents spike in occurrence regardless of what's in the sky. All of this essentially boils down to one thing, cognitive bias. People remember something strange or even slightly out of the ordinary happening when a full moon is high in the sky because it's, well, just kind of spookier. On the other hand, those same people could have had dozens of perfectly mundane experiences in the presence of a full moon and thought nothing of it. So, does that mean any form of literal lunacy is bunk? Not necessarily. Some researchers believe the full moon did lead to some form of mental shift many, 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 many years ago before humans were able to control light sources. A human living outside without any means to block out light could have been kept awake by the brilliant moonlight, leading to an exhaustion-sparked mental break or exacerbation of pre-existing mental conditions. The moon is full and I'm beginning to feel its pull. It's time to howl and transform into a werewolf. The werewolf myth stretches back much earlier than the days of Lon Chaney Jr. playing the wolfman on the silver screen. In 425 BCE, the Greek historian Herodotus wrote of the Nuri, a tribe that lived in the land of Scythia, and how they apparently morphed into wolves for several days during the year. Could it be true? Maybe. Is it more likely the Nuri just wore wolf skins to stay warm during the winter and were turned into a werewolf tribe thanks to the slow spread of misinformation and superstition? Probably. Another Greek tale tells of Lycaon, Lycaon tried to serve Zeus a meal featuring the entrails of a young boy. Zeus was not a big fan of this, and his punishment transformed Lycaon and his sons into, you guessed it, wolves. Greeks weren't the only ones with wolf myths. In Nordic folklore, the saga of the Volsungs featured a father and son who discover wolf pelts that have the power to transform their wearer into wolves for ten days. The duo go on a bloodthirsty killing spree in the woods before the father attacks the son, giving him a near-fatal wound. But thanks to a magical healing leaf delivered by a raven, thanks Odin, the son survived, and the two burn the pelts to avoid more bloodshed. Werewolves are not real. Or are they? They aren't, but ancient tales aside, there are several real-world conditions that could have helped spark tales of wolf transformations. Hypertrichosis is a rare genetic disorder that causes excessive hair growth on most of the body. There's also one real story that contributed to the overall cultural interest in the myth. In 1725, Peter the Wild Boy, which was not his real name, was found in a German forest wandering alone on all fours naked. The rational folks at the time, of course, immediately thought, well, he was raised by wolves. Peter, who ate with his hands and couldn't speak, was adopted by the courts of King George I and II and lived for the rest of his days as their pet, which, yes, is pretty messed up. 
In 2011, a researcher studied a portrait of Peter and, due to some distinctive physical characteristics, determined the likely cause of his condition. Pitt-Hopkins syndrome, a genetic disorder that causes severe neurological effects, including learning difficulties and the inability to develop speech. So, not a werewolf, not raised by werewolves, not even raised by wolves. There's also lycanthropy, a rare psychological condition that causes people to believe they're changing into a wolf. Although that's definitely the condition imitating the art, as it were, and not the other way around. Traditionally, a person's transformation into a werewolf is brought on by a full moon. But what is it exactly about a full moon that sparks the bestial instincts from within to rise? Well, Robin George Andrews, a doctor of experimental a doctor of experimental volcanology turned writer, came up with one hypothesis, and it's pretty fun. Here's the true part. The moon doesn't have an atmosphere, but it does have a thin layer of dust that is thrown into space by micrometeor impacts. Sunlight then strips it of an electron and turns it into plasma. So, even without an atmosphere, the moon does have a very, very thin ionosphere. The Earth has one too, but it's millions of times more powerful than the moon's. What does this have to do with werewolves? Well, there is some questionable evidence that the Earth and the moon exchange some of that plasma. During a full moon, the moon is shielded from the sun by the Earth, making its ionosphere dissipate. It could be that this is when some of that plasma is exchanged, and taking it one step further, it's that exchange that could be the catalyst for a werewolf's transformation. So, does that mean werewolves are real? Yes. Yes, it does. So, there you have it. The lunacy of the moon and the howling transformation it causes. I hope you stick around for next week's episode, the third of our spooky suite. We'll be slightly lightening things up by talking about everyone's absolute, without a doubt, 100% favorite Halloween candy and the orange mascots of the holiday. Until then, as always, stay thirsty. Can't get enough of these refreshing facts? There are three easy ways you can help support the show. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, leave a quick review. Then, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Then, share the show with a friend. The more, the factier. Stay thirsty.